You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Radio Ramadan 87.7 FM. This is uh, a special show on the European referendum and the results that have happened there. Uh, myself, Sajid Qiyum, uh, joining the studio uh, with uh, Faraz. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. And we have with us Mazhar Malik as well. Mazhar Khan even. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum as-salam. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That's a blast in the past. Jazakallah uh, for joining us. Uh, we are going to go straight into um, the, the debate. Really, uh, you, Most people will be now well aware that uh, the vote happened uh, last night and uh, a very um, um, significant result as uh, we are now no longer officially part of Europe uh, and uh, the significance of that. Uh, and the reason why I'm going to rush straight on is because we have our very first guest uh, alive on the line um, who can only join us for a few minutes. Uh, Aslam Jazakallah uh, Hamza. Hamza Yusuf, uh, of course, uh, one of the uh, two uh, Muslim MSPs uh, in Scotland. Um, a, a very, very tight schedule. Really appreciate you coming on tonight and um, uh, discussing with us this issue. Uh, now, Hamza, um, I, I kind of uh, sort of twisted your arm to come on tonight, really, because um, the level of feeling that's going through the flowing through the community just now, especially the Muslim community. Uh, in Glasgow and otherwise, um, who overwhelmingly, of course, voted uh, to stay within the European Union, um, is very, very strong and palpable. And uh, amongst certainly young people as well, there's quite a, a, a sense of worry that where are things going. Um, but um, if you can tell us first and foremost, how do the Scottish government see this result? Yeah, uh, well, welcome to all of you and all your uh, listeners, all of the pleasure being on. Uh Radio Ramadan, well done for again your efforts and continuing to keep the radio going, which is never an easy feat. Uh, I know uh, with the resources, the time that uh, people get up to it, so uh, it's a pleasure to be on. In terms of the actual question and the wider question itself, uh, it is an incredible uh, result and uh, you know one that many polls predicted might happen, but nonetheless doesn't make it any easier to digest. Mm. And what I would say is that it isn't just the Muslim community or young people in the Muslim community that are concerned. I've been talking to people, uh, I've been chatting to people, exchanging Facebook, Twitter messages with people who are absolutely flabbergasted with what's happened. Uh, from the Scottish Government perspective, I have to say I'm uh, entirely uh, conflicted. Uh, last night, uh, last you, you probably know, or your listeners might be aware, that I was the campaign director for the SNP in the European campaign. And so my job was to ensure that... Uh, the Scotland uh, voted to remain, and I was delighted that not only did Scotland vote to, to remain, but the result was north of 60%. Uh, on top of that, mm. uh, every every single local authority uh, area in Scotland, bar none, uh, you know, uh, decided to vote to stay and to, to, to remain. So it was a good result from a Scottish perspective, but sure. it became very clear, evident uh, early on into the night, that this result was not going to go the way that uh, the same way in England at all. And uh, the result was uh, lost, frankly speaking, uh, in the in the Labour heartlands of, of England. So places where before had been absolutely solid Labour heartlands like Doncaster or Sunderland or Rochdale and Manchester and even Newcastle, although they, they didn't win it, but just marginally Newcastle. Uh, you know, it, it was just a complete collapse of the vote mm. that frankly went to the UK. Uh, and so where we are is, now... Is your analysis, Hamza, therefore, that, that really it has been lost because the campaign itself to stay in was, was by many people, poor? Uh, 
that is definitely part of it. I would say the biggest part of it and the reason why uh, they lost was that the immigration debate uh, was allowed to take front and centre. Uh, and, uh, you know, actually this is a debate, that this immigration debate has been going on for nigh on 30 years, and you can hardly expect a different result. Frankly, the chickens have just come home to roost. You know, for 30 years people have been told that, uh, you know, the reason why you're poor is because, uh, you know, the immigrants have taken your job, but nobody's ever challenged that. Now, I'm pleased my party has, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, we've been a small party relatively, apart from the last, you know, 10 years, and even that, we're only big in a, in a, in a Scottish context, really. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, 30 years, if you live a, in an area where you've got low employment, low wages, deindustrialization, and you've been told the immigrants taking their job, you know, it's hardly a surprise that they and the chickens come, come home to roost. So, I mean, Matt, I think there's going to be a lot of reflection of what went wrong here. I suppose the big concern for us from a Scottish government, and you have to be the Scottish government, is that our job and number one priority has to be how the heck do we protect Scotland? I mean, Scotland as a country, as a nation, as people, voted to stay in the European Union. Uh, our job, and Nicola Sturgeon's job primarily as the First Minister, is to find some kind of mechanism to keep us within the European Union. And that's what she's kind of laid out today in a statement uh, earlier this morning mm -hmm. about some of the discussions that she's now going to have to, to try to do that. And, so, you know, nobody should be in any doubt at all mm -hmm. that another referendum is an option that's on the table. And, and regarding that, of course, they've, they've said they're going to set, they're going to, it's, it's, it's likely that the things are going to be in place. Uh, do, do you really think that the Scottish population really has a desire for another referendum at this stage? Well, it wouldn't be called unless people had that desire. And that's the important thing, is that we've always said that. Now, again, I've been having conversations and, and, and I've had numerous messages sure. from people who tell me that they voted no in the last referendum okay. and uh, they were convinced to vote no and absolutely, absolutely pleased that they voted no in that referendum because the EU is such an important uh, thing for them, you know. And uh, you think of some of our businessmen and women that trade with Europe, uh, you know, it's a mm -hmm. huge issue for them. But look, nobody's talking about an automatic referendum, nobody's even saying that it would mm -hmm. be absolutely a referendum coming forward. We just have to explore every option. So Nicola Sturgeon's first move is, you know, she's already spoken to, to David Cameron, she sure. uh, will be, you know, there'll be conversations and an early meet with uh, President uh, Juncker, the President of the European Commission. There'll then be uh, a communication that goes from Nicola to every single uh, head of state and the, uh, the 27 other uh, European member states as well to get their views But if I can, on be, if how I can be critical for a second, Hamza, and I sure. appreciate the fact that you're coming on uh, in, a, in a very, very busy time. Some would say this is just politicking. It's a, you're taking advantage of the situation and um, uh, introducing something which is obviously in, in, in the manifesto of, of, of the SNP, but in a, in a time where we need more stability, in a time where we need people to kind of look, um, take a step back and, and, and remain calm. I think I think if you looked at the tone of, of, of Nicola Sturgeon's um, remarks this morning, they were calm. I thought they were very sombre. I thought they were calm. I thought they were there to provide stability. The first thing that Nicola Sturgeon said in her statement wasn't about you know the fact that there was another uh, referendum on the table, uh, potentially. The first thing she absolutely said was that if you're an EU citizen, you're French, you're Spanish, you're German, whatever you are, and you're living here in Scotland, I want you to know that you're safe here. Mm -hmm. that you're welcome here and this is your home. So immediately providing that kind of certainty was important. In terms of, uh, you know, whether it comes to our policies or not, and, you know, it's fair to say that we're elected on a manifesto that's incumbent on us. Uh, in fact, people would criticise us if we didn't put forward, if we didn't an enact our manifesto. Now, our manifesto uh, only really mentioned the referendum in this one scenario, and this scenario has now played out. Now, again, let me just reiterate and, and, and emphasise I'm not saying that we're going to have a referendum. I'm not saying it's automatic. All I'm saying is there has to be every option on the table. 
sure. to protect Scotland. Uh, and, and they've got to take every option that we possibly can in that regard. Okay. And uh, with regards to uh, the SNP stance, now there was, as I say, it was clear that this, the Scottish public overwhelmingly voted in. What, 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 why do you think, although the, the turnout was low, so I'd, li I'd like to hear your opinion on why you think that was so low, especially in the Glasgow area, and yet the percentage um, of uh, the, the stay-in vote was much, much higher in Glasgow and uh, in the surrounding areas. W what do you put that down to? Well, a couple of things. I mean, just to give you some context on the turnout, just bear in mind for a second that, uh, you know, we never wanted the referendum to be in June. Uh, the reason for that was because we knew it was six weeks after our own Scottish election. Uh, and frankly speaking to you, in the last less than two years, if you cash your mind back to the 18th of September 2014, when we had our independence referendum, from that moment, in the space of less than two years, we've had an independence referendum. Uh, we've had a general election. We've had a Scottish election, and we've now had an EU referendum. So there's definitely a, a feeling of apathy uh, amongst people, no doubt about that. That's one thing. The second thing is, I've, I've just put it in a bit of context. I mean, the turnout in Scotland was 67%. Uh, just again, to, to put that in some kind of context, that's the second highest ever referendum turnout in Scotland in its history. So uh, the only one that was higher than that was the one in 2014, which mm -hmm. we know was an astounding 85%. But it's the second highest. It was more than, for example, the referendum to create the Scottish Parliament in 1997. So, you know, in context, actually, it was still a, it's still a good turnout. Uh, in terms of why people voted uh, more uh, pro and, and, and remain in, in Scotland, I'm sure there'll be volumes uh, and chapter written on that. I mean, I think my own perspective on it is that, first of all, politicians in Scotland, and in fairness, I'm talking about Labour Party, I'm talking about the Tories even, the Lib Dems, and of course the SNP. Mm -hmm. We don't always blame Europe for everything in Scotland. You know, every, everything, you know, every ill in society, we don't suddenly say it's Europe's fault. Whereas that's often been the case in Westminster. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing I would say is that the immigration debate hasn't been toxic up here. And again, I give credit to all the political parties, not just uh, the one I belong to, but also, uh, you know, again, Labour and, and Lib Dems, and even the Conservatives. They, they haven't used the toxicity of that debate up here in Scotland. And probably the third reason uh, I would say is something I noticed during the independence referendum was that people in Scotland were very comfortable with a multi-identity, multi-faceted identity. Mm. You know, you could be Scottish and British, you could be Scottish and Pakistani, you could be Scottish and Polish, and it wouldn't be having to choose one over the other. So being European is part of that identity as well. It didn't seem uncomfortable. Um, so those are just my, my, my thoughts. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people will, will have their own reasons about why. Well, that was the case. We're also joined in the studio by Dr. Slab Al-Taghi. Jazakallah for joining us. Uh, a long-time uh, um, uh, um, uh, chair of, of the ARC and Radio Ramadan, also community um, member, and attends Scottish Parliament uh, um, on a regular basis. Uh, Dr. Slab, I think Not you as a member. <laughs> Not as a member, no. no. Not yet. <laughs> uh, we had a question for Hamza. Uh, Hamza, assalamu alaikum. Uh, obviously, this big change in the uh, constitutional position of the UK and uh, relative to Europe will involve some changes in the Scottish government policies. Uh, of course, Scottish government will be still here until all the proceedings are done of the exit. But which areas, which areas you think will be most affected by this vote uh, to leave the EU? I think it's a really good question, uh, and I think look, our job has got to be to try to protect Scotland's place in Europe. That's the very first thing to say. So the very first uh, priority, the overwhelming priority, has to be to do our best to protect Scotland's place. The second thing I would say is if, you know, uh, there's a lot of promises made by the Leave campaign uh, that if the UK left the European Union, that a number of powers would come to Scotland uh, automatically, and of course we will, we will make sure that if that was the case, we would hold them to that. But as I say, our priority is to keep Scotland 
in the European Union. When it comes to what will be affected in Scotland, I mean, Scotland relies hugely on our connection and relationship with the European Union. It relies heavily in terms of our human rights uh, and, 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 and workers' rights. The fact that you get maternity pay or paternity pay uh, relies on the European Union. Uh, our economy is vastly dependent on Europe uh, to the extent that our exports now have increased to 28 billion and half of those go to the European Union. Uh, on top of that, 300,000 jobs in Scotland uh, come from uh, are related to, to our trade and investment with Europe. So there's huge ramifications, and that's only just the tip of the iceberg about what uh, a, a Brexit could potentially mean for Scotland. Of course, then there's the farming industry, uh, which relies very heavily on, on subsidy from, from Europe as well. So there's a lot of things that but we don't want to, to, to look down that pessimistic route. Our optimistic uh, approach will be how do we protect Scotland's place within the European Union? And just to give you, just to give you again some context on this, it's not an overnight. Uh, you know, the UK government first has to mm. in, 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 in invoke what you call Article 50. Mm-hmm. Once they invoke Article 50, there's then roughly two years of, of renegotiation that, that takes place. Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, there might be some time uh, in, in between that. And, and, and Article 50 won't be invoked until there's a new Prime Minister. Uh, in place uh, as well, which will be at least October time. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of time to, to play with. Uh, I know I know that you don't have much time, but just bef- yeah. before you do go, I do want to ask one particular question, or, or if you could give your your comments on one particular area, which of course is there has been a lot of uh, talk about, uh, as you mentioned, there's the whole debate about uh, immigration, etc. You, you mentioned in brief, mm. but a message basically to, to to young people out there in terms of the way they're thinking that uh, that that the politics is going is 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 it heading more right wing? I mean, we will probably yeah. now see a conservative government that will have a Brexit uh, campaigner as uh, at its head, and they tend to be more yeah. from the from the the right 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 leaning, shall we say, of the party. And obviously, with uh, Nigel Farage and others coming to the fore, um, drinking champagne and, and kippers for his breakfast, um, yeah. you know, it, it, yeah. it doesn't—it yeah. doesn't bode well, and doesn't even bode well even no. for uh, the the kind of style of politics that seems to be taking over the UK now. Um, so no. I, I don't know. Do, do you have a message for young people there who, who maybe who maybe now feeling a little bit despondent and a little bit uh, um, disengaged mm-hmm. now from from politics, thinking, you know what, I, 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 you know, I, I, I think I want to look at ways I can get out of the country. Well, I'll say a couple of things. I mean, one thing I would say, and perhaps it's not a reassuring message, but I share your concern. I mean, I've thought for a long time that, uh, you know, xenophobia and Islamophobia has been rife in the European continent, and it was just a matter of time before it crashed onto to our shores, and I think it's crashed and, and then some. Uh, and so I get your concern and I get your worry, because I think your analysis is the right, Sajid, that, uh, you know, you will, if you think David Cameron was tough and bad, uh, you know, and, and, and pretty, uh, you know, his policies targeting Muslims, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, until you get Boris Johnson or Theresa May or Michael Gove or, God forbid, somehow Nigel Farage ends up as a partner in, in the government too. I mean, you know, this is just, and this is not beyond the, the, the pale. And then people look at what happens in America and Trump. I can understand where people's frustrations are. What I would say uh, is that every time, uh, everything I've seen in my lifetime in terms of Islamophobic abuse, the targeting of Muslims, etc., etc., I've always, always, always been heartened that there's more good people than there are bad many, many, many more good people than there are bad. And even if I look at the referendum result last night, for all the despondency and all the despair, all the gnashing of teeth, there was a great spirit of evil overcome. And from a Scottish perspective, for the, for the, for the, for the you know, young people that live in Scotland, for the minorities that live in Scotland, look, your government will, will never sell you uh, down the river. You know, whatever your race is, your religion is, you know, we welcome your, your contribution to this country. Um, and we value you as a member of society. And that's why Nicola said what she said in the beginning to our friends in, in mm-hmm. England uh, where things are a lot tougher uh, things are a lot more difficult 
uh, well, first of all, look, Scotland will always be welcome and open to you uh, should you ever want to come uh, to Scotland uh, as a direct pitch. But look, the second thing is, you know, we stand with you in solidarity every step of the way. Uh, and I promise that our government uh, will make that, will, will put that message forward uh, wherever we can. So don't be despondent. There are many, many more good people of all different faiths that will stand with you uh, than stand against you. Okay, well, Jazakallah Hamza, I, I, I believe you're still in the middle of many meetings, and it's, it's a little bit backwards, but I should have said congratulations on your new appointment as the <laughs> Minister of Transport and Islands. Uh, yeah, I think it's a congratulations. Eh? Sorry. I think it's a congratulations. Maybe it's a commiserations. It's one or the other. <laughs> 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 uh, either way, I'm sure it's something that's the challenge of life and, and uh, many trips, trips to the many of the beautiful islands of Scotland, which should be an advantage. Uh, so, Jazakallah, I really do appreciate you coming on, on today. Uh, and I say, I know you've got lots of minutes to go back to, so I'll let you go back uh, to, to all that. And, uh, inshallah, we'll speak to you soon. Inshallah, have a good uh, final 10 days and remember me in your duas, inshallah. Take Absolutely. care. Take care. That was, of course, uh, uh, Hamza Yusuf, uh, standing MSP um, uh, from the. Which one the area was now? It was. Pollock, wasn't it? Pollock area of Glasgow, uh, who won uh, this year earlier on, uh, uh, maintaining his position as uh, MSP in Scotland, and also uh, has m- recently been um, uh, given the, the Minister of Transport for Islands and Scottish Government. Throughout the programme for the next uh, hour and a half, we'll be with you uh, live here in the studios. Uh, we'll be having a number of different guests, uh, other MPs from other parties. We've also got um, uh, an interview that's been recorded with uh, Anna Sauer uh, from the Labour Party, MSP of course. Um, and we'll be hearing their opinions and, and views as well, and also hopefully your views. Also joining us on the phone is uh, Dawood Duncan. Assalamu alaikum, Dawood. Now, Faraz, um, you uh, have a look of forlorn on your face and uh, even foreboding, perhaps, um, um, <coughs> and um, we're giving us uh, some of the kind of st- stats and kind of some of the uh, mm. even some quotes, etc. Um, have you got something for us? Yes, um, there, there's, there's a, 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 I suppose, a deathly ear. Um, going around, and people are feeling a bit sad and a bit glum. So it just, um, yeah, it's not just that you've lost your voice. It's uh, not just, no, the voice was. <coughs> is, the, is the voice is, of foreboding doom? Yeah, that, that, that was that's connected. <laughs> this is this is all part of the parcel. This is uh, the the end of is nigh kind of. Uh, oh, were you shouting at the television last night? In, in, I was screaming in at the television last okay. night and uh, this morning as well. Okay. Um, okay. So just by a couple of numbers to run by. 1973 is a year that Britain joined the European Eco- Economic Community. That was what it was known mm. back in the day. Yeah. Um, and in 1975, two years later, was the only referendum that Britain had back in the day to uh, be a member uh, of the European Club, um, and that was overwhelmingly to stay within it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are currently 28 members of the EU, right. um, and there's 751 members of the European Parliament. If you think our Parliament's busy, that is really, really busy. Um, in total, there were 46.5 million people that were eligible to vote uh, yesterday. And there was uh, £9.3 million that was spent by the government on its leaflet right. that uh, went out to approximately 27 million households okay. in the UK. In terms of the uh, voting itself, um, as everyone probably already knows, there was uh, 51.9% uh, or approximately 17.5 million people in the, in the UK, in the UK yeah. wanted to leave. Um, people that wanted to stay were 48.1%, which was about 16 million people. Now the turnout is, which is important, is yeah. seventy-two point two percent. The electorate is a huge turnout. Yeah. Um, even though it is close in terms of what it is, it's still a high turnout to be able to show that the will of the people is to leave. So the general feeling is it was an overwhelming majority that uh, voted to leave uh, the European Union. There was an overwhelming uh, majority of people that voted, and of that people that voted, there was a slim majority that uh, wanted to leave. And as in a democracy. 
it doesn't matter if it's one vote or a million votes there is still a majority in terms of wanting to leave uh, the Europe sure okay I think I bring for joining us uh, I forget your initial thoughts on, on this especially from the perspective of uh, you know a Muslim of Scots descent shall we say um, uh, for lack of a better phrase uh, you know you, you'll have heard the rhetoric you'll have heard the some of the kind of uh, 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 talk around immigration except immigration etc what are your thoughts as to what's happened here well it's a really sad day the first thing to say is that I genuinely genuinely uh, would have considered voting out I genuinely would have considered it there were actually a number of arguments to vote out that were quite convincing positive ones ideas that we could build a fair, uh, you know, United Kingdom that would be an independent, a leader in the world and so on. But the reality of the matter, as we all know, was that was not the message of the Brexit campaign. The message of the Brexit campaign was one of xenophobia, uh, one of anti-foreign. Um, and, you know, uh, certainly it could be argued with Nigel Farage's uh, Hitler-esque posters, it was a racist campaign. Um, so, you know, that was the reason why I could not, for a second vote, uh, to exit, uh, not at all, and indeed my choice was remain. Um, the way I feel, you know, I, I'm a white, white person, right, white Muslim. Um, I think that it's sometimes easier and quite scary how clear you can see uh, the Islamophobia uh, in the part of the world that we live when you're in a situation like myself. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that I was a Muslim, I, I you know, I would be worried about economic stuff and so on. But the reality of the matter is. Myself as a Muslim, I do worry. I worry that there is wind put in the sails of people who are dangerous, wind put in the sails of people who offer simple, uh, racist and dangerous solutions to the problems that we face. Mm. And it's certainly a day that I don't feel uh, as safe anymore because of my religion. Sure. Okay, well, we have a caller online. Um, uh, we're going to take, uh, I think it's about Faroz, uh, who's joined us online. So uh, we'll try and patch him through just now. Assalamualaikum, Faroz. Yeah, Jazakallah for joining us tonight. Um, uh, what prompted you to phone tonight? Well, um, I just want to say that uh, I am of a, a different persuasion sure. than uh, Daoud. Uh, I know Brother Daoud uh, quite well from doing uh, uh, previous uh, Radio Ramadan shows, okay. and uh, I am actually was a Brexit uh, uh, I uh, was very uh, non-EU. Uh, and just uh, I'll, uh, let me explain a couple of quick points absolutely, for that. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, e, the, e, the EU experiment has actually fueled Islamophobia. It's fueled the the the, the, the racist elements in our society, mm -hmm. right? Racist elements are always going to be there, whether we like it or not, right? It's just an unfortunate part of society, right? But I f personally feel the EU has actually contributed to this. Okay, go on. In, in, because in, in uh, if you're a, if you're a, if you're a Muslim, for example, in Germany or in France or in uh, or various other European countries, they have been very anti-Muslim. So why are we so um, worried about uh, uh, singing the praises of an EU experiment that didn't have our own best interests at heart? But the, uh, if we can follow through a little bit on that on that that, uh, that that argument, um, each of the countries' yeah, policy etc. Okay. on how it deals with the communities within the countries. 
um, mm -hmm. is entirely independent. It's not, there's, there's no, uh, there was no forcing of legislation of the European Union to say that the way that we handled uh, um, uh, okay. the, 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 the immigrant community or the communities um, and uh, you know, it, it was forced because of the, the European Union. So I don't, I'm not, not too sure why being part of the European Union would have made racism worse, especially where countries like Germany uh, what is it now? I think France and Germany have the highest population of no, Muslims. No, I'm sorry. In, in I'm sorry. That I don't agree with that. I don't sorry for interrupting. That. I don't agree with that. I think that's over oversimplifying uh, the situation. Um, yep. If you look at uh, the, uh, the people, um, you know, that, that are in Cali, for example, you yep. think that uh, how, how is that not affecting us? But I, I'm, Perhaps, I'm, could I, I still come don't in and agree with you. something here? Yeah, sure. I mean, Sajid, this might clarify. I, I very much agree with Perhaps. Now, we worked together on analysis of the Greek uh, situation last year. Okay. And, you know, what we uncovered, the deeper you go, the more you realise how disgusting uh, the treatment of Greece was in Europe. Okay. And I think that uh, Faroz is, is correct in saying there is a huge rise in the far right in, in Europe. And you might even argue that things aren't so bad in the United Kingdom. So I would agree with Faroz in that. However, for me, what flipped over was I felt that a vote for a Brexit, unfortunately, was a vote for uh, kind of to vindicate those in our country, UKIP, and you know those in the Tory Party who are racist and who are um, you know that that's why I felt I didn't want to vote for Brexit because I felt that it would just bring us actually further into that uh, it would it would vindicate them and give them strength. Okay, for uh, uh, brother Dude, uh, you, yes, I just want to uh, follow up on a point here. Brother Dude yeah. is very right in his analysis, but I think to just simplify uh, the whole Brexit uh, uh, on immigration, I think is being uh, very no, no, unfair. I, I think no, you're right. You're right. There's a bit huge left. Um, there was a huge leftist uh, argument for leaving. However, that wasn't the, the populist argument, and that, that's what I'm yes. I was with the left in, in wanting to leave. Yeah. However, I felt if I voted to leave. That, I, that I'm worried about the situation we're in at the moment, where Nigel Farage has a you know big smile on his face and so on, uh, and that you know that. But, that, but, that but, but, but the, sorry, that would for interrupt you know, But we, I mean, we talk about Nigel Farage, right? But Nigel Farage, right? Uh, in last election, his party polled four million votes and did not didn't even get a seat in Westminster. So how can you even take this person seriously? He doesn't have a, plat a platform or a mandate for anything. Okay, well, for, you know, certainly for, he's. he's, he's uh, come, he's come. Sure. He's won. You know, his sure. If I could ask you just finally, yeah. um, just it, w was so was your uh, main reason for for was voting to leave the Brexit campaign was the the feeling that you have in Europe that it's that's even being more uh, driven into the far, far right wing. Is that is that your your main reason? Or no, no. My my uh, reason. Uh, I've been very anti-European from uh, for a number of years. Mm, sure, yes. uh, I have uh, uh, read up on uh, on the um, European Union, the experiment that this European Union. I've read up on the Council of Ministers and how the whole politics of the European uh, uh, um, uh, European uh, European uh, politics works. And I just did not think that it's really the for a democratic society. I don't think it's the way to go forward. That one should uh, uh, um, look after one's own own affairs, vote for the people that you uh, want to represent you, and then make the legislation. I mean, if you were to uh, ask a, a random member of the public outside who his MEP was, I will guarantee they wouldn't even know who it was. So, of just just funny, you're, you're positive about the future going forward. Um, I think that we should not be doomy, we should not be gloomy. I think we have a, a fantastic uh, opportunity to, to set the wrongs that went, the malaises went into this country together. I mean, if you read, look at Boris Johnson's statement, he hasn't said anything that's 
been uh, uh, controversial. He wants the country to unite, to, to, to go forward. True. Okay, Jazakallah Faruz, it's very interesting opinion. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on tonight and giving that, that opinion. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, that was, I'm also uh, going to have to, unfortunately, okay, say goodbye you know, to Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum Assalamu alaikum. Well, it's uh, actually quite an opportune moment because we're also joined uh, on the phone by a special guest uh, that we've uh, asked to come on here. Uh, it's uh, uh, Dr. Abdul Bari. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Abdul Bari. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. for joining us now, yep. uh, Dr. Labari, uh, if for those who don't know, um, was uh, a former um, uh, president of the Muslim uh, Council of Britain um, and also a long-standing uh, member of the, uh, um, the community and uh, a, 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 a leading member and trustee, I think, of the East London Mosque. Uh, and if, if any of you have been to the East End London, a phenomenal mosque that's doing incredible uh, activities within the community uh, and uh, wide and is actually... Um, some, uh, is very much um, a, a, a body that speaks for Muslims in London. So Jazakallah Khair for joining us yeah. tonight uh, and for, for, for coming on. Um, I suppose if we just ask you to start off by saying, you know, uh, what the feelings are, because of course London joined Scotland in solidarity in terms of voting <laughs> uh, predominantly uh, in. Um, uh, so what, what would you say to uh, the Scottish public just now who are perhaps a little bit concerned. Uh, I mean, we just heard from a, a, a young brother there who was who's, who felt that it, it, it was the right decision to make because Europe is actually heading more far, far you know, far right uh, than, than the UK is, uh, and a, I think there may be some other reasons that uh, uh, that he felt that uh, Europe is is not is giving away too much power uh, to uh, a government that we have voted in uh, in this country. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, Tory party was divided between the Eurasians and Europhiles, <clears throat> and that division ended up in this uh, referendum. And unfortunately, the country has split into two, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> 48, uh, 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 48-52 proportion is uh, virtually dividing the country. And uh, unfortunately, the election campaign was dogged with um, divisive comments. And and all sorts of negative uh, negative uh, issues, and sometimes some of the informations were outright lies. That is one aspect. People have spoken. London has spoken in favour of remaining Europe, and for the fact that, in my opinion, London is probably the greatest city on earth, and we have 300 languages, diverse people living together side by side. It's a close second to Glasgow. Hmm? Sorry, it's a close second to Glasgow. Okay, yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, fortunately, London has elected a mayor who comes from a minority community. Indeed, so yes, yes. It, is a, it is an accommodative city, and I am mm. a proud Londoner. Uh, but the rhetoric from sections of the Brexit camp uh, has, uh, has wo- uh, worried many people. And especially, um, someone mentioned of the Nigel Farage, he was in the Finns a few years ago. He has come to the mainstream. And there are other figures who were known to be the far right or farther right from the right-wing conservative party. So that's the worry. But once the people have given their verdict, um, we have to accept that and uh, to make sure that um, intolerance doesn't go up as in some parts of Europe. And we hope, we hope, um, British electorate who have decided to vote for exit, uh, they will not give up the good things that the Europe has provided. We have to we have to remember that 
Europe was a divisive continent, and there were hundreds of years of religious war. Even in the last century, there was two European wars that ended up in the global world wars, and uh, including a Holocaust. So divided Europe can end up in very nationalistic, extreme nationalistic, uh, to the extent of race, ra- racism in some, some parts. So uh, we have to keep an eye on what happens in our country as well as in um, in, in, in the mainland Europe. Jazakallah khair for that. And, and, and um, in, in terms of now uh, facing a prospect of uh, a more right-wing um, or uh, a, a, a Brexiter now uh, potentially taking over uh, the Conservative Party and being the party leader, mm-hmm. uh, of course Boris Johnson is one of the names that will be firmly placed in the ring. Um, how do you think um, the Muslim community, I should say, in, in uh, London would react to uh, someone of that, that nature? Well, <clears throat> as far as I know, most Muslims uh, voted to remain. <clears throat> of course, there are, there, are, there are some who voted to ex- ex- exit. That is natural in a democracy. Sure. And um, as I said, London has its uh, great pool, its attraction to accommodate people, and hopefully the rhetoric that where so during the election campaign will mellow down hopefully and people will come to normal normal sense sanity must prevail and we cannot go back to the age of darkness of the past we have to move forward and we live in a difficult world and the american election uh, campaign is also getting very divisive and we are worried that if nationalistic fervor in Europe and nationalistic fervor in America joins, then the world could be a very difficult and challenging place. <clears throat> so Muslims um, definitely have a role to play in this in this overall environment, keep the environment cool, especially it is in the month of Ramadan, so the Ramadan coolness must spread across the society, in my opinion. Has there, has there been any reaction uh, from, of course, Sadiq Khan, the, the new London mayor, uh, being both from the Labour Party and also um, obviously Muslim? Uh, we haven't heard anything. Uh, here. I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything from Sadiq Khan. Right. He was a supporter of the Remain, and um, mm-hmm. London has voted 60-14 in favour of Remain. Sure. And of course, um, <coughs> Labour Party leader has made made the comment that it's not only the dislike of Europe; it's about the cut, austerity, and many other factors that the current government. Um, imposed on the country that probably have worked in favour of the exit. And, and what you, Alhamdulillah, obviously um, uh, one of the kind of forefathers of the East London Mosque and, and uh, community centre there, uh, um, one of the kind of you know key uh, uh, mosques in 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 uh, the East End of London. How have you gauged uh, the the opinion or, or the feeling that's running through, uh, especially amongst the youth just now? Um, have you heard anything from them at all? Yeah, I have heard many of them are frustrated. Well, by the way, I'm just a humble servant of the Shana Mosque. I was chair for some years and uh, trustee years. Yeah, so I try to get sure. I try to get the feeling of the community. Sure. Uh, many of them are, as many Remainers, are really, really worried as to what happens. We have to assure our community that nothing substantial should be changing, in my opinion, unless those who are going to take part take a different route and hopefully this is a country built on democracy and people's opinions are paramount so hopefully they will not they will not cross the border hopefully inshallah 
being in the uh, in, in Europe was kind of strength for Muslims because we were as Muslims working together across boundaries in Europe and we're meeting people from Muslims from different countries yeah we were meeting people or Muslims and gathering together and visiting each other mm -hmm. Muslims all over Europe across boundaries uh, so what will happen now or hope we hopefully we shouldn't happen is that we become isolation uh, from the rest of Europe. Now, the comments which were said earlier about uh, Europe being far right, more the far right mm -hmm. than 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 uh, than England, because yeah. really that is that referendum uh, was a success for England, and they didn't really. Uh, nobody said it isn't. Uh, the English people were, or the Eng both supporting England, were very uh, happy this morning, and uh, <coughs> the, the 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 feeling that uh, the uh, right wings are having better chances in Europe. Yep. The only way to deal with it is to have some kind of unity yep. of the European countries and have some safeguards. And these safeguards are in the lose and being improved all the time across Europe. Well, but if we start dividing into small countries, yep. each country will be driven by one group or another. There's already talk now, isn't there, in France of Le Pen, uh, the exactly. party She's pushing there. forward now and, and yeah. uh, trying to put the put agenda yeah. of, of breaking off from the union. Yeah. yeah. So what we're doing now is really supporting the far right, not in only in England or Britain, but all over Europe, which is something I think we hope doesn't happen more. I think that's been one of the, the main challenges, has been the rise of right-wing organizations and political parties mm -hmm. uh, across Europe in terms of becoming mainstream parties, yeah. no longer on the fringes. And we've seen that in Austria, yes, we've indeed. seen that in France, mm. even in Slovakia, where you had the prime minister saying that you know Slovakia has no room for Muslims. Mm. Very, very clear, very, very blatant, very, very racist as a remark to make. And what was more concerning was that he was going to be the next president mm -hmm. of the rotating uh, presidentship of the uh, EU. So, so somebody with views like that being within the leadership of the EU was a serious, serious concern. So, so is, yeah, that not, is, that, is that not a fair point that Farah was, was making early on, that, that because of the kind of far right, the rise of the far right in certain countries, aren't we better off by our own? We're an island state. You know, we can put up the barriers. Um, but as Dr. Salah you know, says, that the safeguards that were there, the legislation that is in EU, mm -hmm. enshrined in the EU, was the antidote to the, uh, the right wing. Okay. And that's what's now going to be missing. Okay, so we're going to go uh, across uh, to um, Zubair, who, well, I'm just going to introduce you, Lee, because it's important to get uh, the, uh, the angle, because um, uh, this is a d debate affects all the communities, um, uh, elder, um, not so elder, and the young indeed. Um, but um, there is uh, a lot of discussion happening in, in the Urdu-speaking community. Um, I'll give you an example. Also in Pakistan, India, I think, yeah. yeah. I'll give you an example, okay, uh, one of the families I know, uh, and one of the aunties talking to another auntie saying, Kal vote hai. Or kal agar vote na mini dala, to hamne unne, hume unne is mulk se bar nikal dena. 
यू नो दस हाउ दे अंडरस्टैंड दिस कि अगर यहाँ कल जो कल अब आज हो गया वोट अगर वोट जो है हमने नाम में नहीं डाला तो हमें मुल्क से इन्होंने बाहर निकाल देना हम सौ फीसद वोट देंगे हाँ हम सौ फीसद अपने बल्कि हमें पाकिस्तान से भी कहा जाएगी कि इलेक्शन हो रहा है तो आपने जरूर वोट डालना है हाँ नहीं यहाँ की रेफरेंडम की बात की जा रही है जी 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 कि रेफरेंडम में जो निकलने के लिए जी जो था कि आपने अंदर रहना है यूरोपियन के या बाहर जाना है जी तो इनके लिए वोट देना था बाहर के लिए नहीं देना था उनकी अंडरस्टैंडिंग ये है कि अगर ये जो आज रिजल्ट आ गया है इसका रिजल्ट पाकिस्तानी कम्युनिटी पे ये है कि गोया उन्हें इस मुल्क से बाहर निकलना होगा ऐसा तो नहीं है नहीं नहीं, नहीं ऐसी कोई बात नहीं है देखिए असल में ये है कि पाकिस्तानी कम्युनिटी हम इस ग्रेटर कम्युनिटी का हिस्सा हैं अब हम जो जो असरात यहाँ की लोकल कम्युनिटी के होंगे वो हम पे भी होंगे लेकिन इसके साथ साथ चूँकि हम मुसलमान हैं और इस्लामोफोबिया फैला हुआ है तो उसकी वजह से ये जो जो हुआ है मैं ये अर्ज करूँ ये जो इससे पहले कि हम जाएं कि इसके असरात क्या होंगे पहले हम अगर लिस्नर से ये शेयर कर लें कि हुआ क्या है हुआ ये है जी कि ये यूरोप में मसावत के मुकाबले में नेशनलिज्म की फतह है ठीक है जी ठीक है हुआ ये यूरोप जो क्या चाहता था चार सौ साल यूरोप आपस में जगह लड़ता रहा है ठीक हो गया तो उन्होंने ये सोचा कि अब जो यूरोप के स्कॉलर्स थे उन्होंने सोचा कि हम अपनी सारी ताकत जो है करोड़ों लोग जो मारे गए हैं फर्स्ट वर्ल्ड वार में सेकंड वर्ल्ड वार में इससे पहले भी इनकी हेल्थ फैमिली की लड़ाइयाँ होती रही हैं सारी किंग्स वगैरह की आपस में लड़ाइयाँ होती रही हैं तो उन्होंने सोचा कि हम भी क्यों ना अमेरिका की तरह सारे इकट्ठे हो जाए जो फिफ्टी वन स्टेट्स थी अमेरिका थी तो उन्होंने यूनाइटेड स्टेट्स ऑफ यूर अमेरिका के नाम से इतहाद कर लिया तो इस जो प्लान था इसका जो मेन जिसका सबसे ज़्यादा फ़ायदा था वो जर्मनी था जर्मनी को यूरोप की जो पावर थी वो आगे नहीं आने देती थी तो जर्मनी चूँकि यूरोप की सबसे बड़ी पावर है इकनॉमिकली तो जर्मनी को पता था कि जब यूरोप इकट्ठा हो जाएगा तो हम ऑटोमेटिकली हम लीड करेंगे पूरे यूरोप को और इस इतिहाद में सबसे ज़्यादा जो मार खा रहा है वो जर्मनी वो जर्मनी है जर्मनी ने जो जब ये ग्रीस होने लगा है बैंक्रप्ट होने लगा है टू बिलियन यूरो की इमदाद दी पुर्जगोल को दी स्पेन को दी आयरलैंड को दी तो उनका ये ख्याल है कि अगर हम इतिहाद में रहें इकट्ठे रहें तो ऑटोमेटिकली इन द लॉन्ग रन हमारी जो है वो सुपरमेसी होगी ये जो बाकी कंट्रीज़ हैं फर्ज किया ब्रिटेन है फ्रांस है इस तरह के जो लोग हैं वो समझते हैं कि हम चूँकि दो सौ साल हमने हुकूमत की है हमारा एक पाउंड है हमारा एक फाइनेंशल सेंटर है तो अगर ये यूरोप का इकट्ठा हो जाता है इसका हेड ऑफिस जो वो बसज बनेगा इसका हेड ऑफिस जो है जिन लोगों के अभी तक दिमाग में ताकत का नशा है वो ये समझते हैं कि बरतानिया उतनी ही बड़ी सुपर पावर है जितनी के पहले थी जी उनके जेन में होना चाहे उनके जेन में अभी ये है कि हम अभी भी सुपीरियर है ठीक है वो अब ये नहीं जान रहे कि अब हम अब कलोनियलिज्म का जमाना नहीं है तो जिन लोगों ने यूरोप से बाहर निकलने की कैंपेन चलाई है ये वो लोग हैं जो कि बरतानिया सफेद चमड़ी को की बुनियाद पे यहाँ पे अपनी एक सुपरमेसी चाहते हैं नहीं सारे वो नहीं है सारे असल में वो मिल गए हैं वो ग्रुप जो है इकट्ठे हो गए हैं वो लोग भी हैं जो जनरली समझते हैं कि जो यूरोप से जो लोग हैं लेकिन जो इसका जो आइडिया था यूरोपियन यूनियन का वो यही था कि सारे इक्वल है सारी स्टेट्स इन द लॉन्ग रन यूनाइटेड स्टेट्स ऑफ यूरोप के नाम से इकट्ठी हो जाएंगी उनमें गरीब कंट्रीज भी हैं उनमें अमीर कंट्रीज भी हैं जो गरीब जो अमीर कंट्रीज हैं उन्हें सेक्रीफाइस करना पड़ेगा 
ان کے ساتھ ملنے کے لیے تو وہ جو نیشنلزم کا جذبہ ہے فرانس میں ہے اس میں جو لی پین نے پتہ آپ کو کیا کہہ رہا ہے ہالینڈ میں ہے انگلینڈ میں بھی یہی تھا انگلینڈ والے سمجھتے ہیں یو کے والے سمجھتے ہیں کہ ہم ایک سپیریئر پاور تھے اور یورپ میں جانے سے ہماری جو وہ اثر ہے ہمارا پونڈ ختم ہو جائے گا ہمارا فائنینشیل سینٹر ختم ہو جائے گا اور ہماری جو سپر میسی ہے وہ ختم ہو جائے گی جن لوگوں نے ابھی ٹیون ان کیا جی ریڈیو رمضان ایٹی سیون پوائنٹ سیون ایف ایم سے اسپیشل پروگرام یورو ریفرینڈم کے نام سے آپ کے سامنے پیش کیا جا رہا ہے جو آج کے نتائج ہیں وہ ہمارے سامنے ہیں کہ ففٹی ون پوائنٹ نائن پرسینٹ لوگوں نے یہ فیصلہ کیا کہ ہمیں یورپ سے نکل جانا چاہیے اور فورٹی ایٹ پوائنٹ ون پرسینٹ لوگوں نے اس کے حق میں ووٹ دیا ہے کہ ہمیں یورپ کے اندر رہنا چاہیے ڈیموکریسی پرویل کرے گی اور جن لوگوں نے دو پرسینٹیج سے صحیح زیادہ میں یورپ سے نکلنے کا فیصلہ کیا ہے تو اب حقیقت یہ ہے کہ برطانیہ اس وقت اب یورپ کے اندر شامل نہیں رہے گا اس کی ریپرکاشنز جو ہیں کہ اگلے دو سالوں میں اس کو سامنے آئیں گی کہ جب ریپرکاشنز ابھی سامنے آنی شروع ہو گئی ہیں لیکن اس کی جو عملی جامع اس کو پہنا جائے گا اس کے لیے دو سال کی مدت ہے And we've heard already from Hamza Yusuf, MSP, Minister for Transport and the Islands. Uh, we've also heard uh, from London, uh, London opinion from Dr. Mohammed Abdul Bari. Um, and uh, we have now also uh, live on the phone, uh, Sister uh, Suraya Siddiqui. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Suraya. Wa alaikum salam. And, and Jazakallah khair uh, for joining us uh, tonight. Um, and uh, I say it's, it's a very busy time for all politicians and I'm sure there's been lots of people in your constituency. Uh, Soraya is a councillor uh, for the Labour Party in, in the South Side, in fact in our constituency here uh, where um, Radio Ramadan is now based. Um, uh, how has been the response to, to this whole uh, situation uh, from the Labour Party perspective or from uh, Scottish Labour? <coughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Labour is um, actively campaigning for a Remain vote, and obviously it's been very positive in Scotland across the whole of Glasgow as well. Um, but it's been disappointing, the fact that, you know, we are going for a Brexit vote. It certainly wasn't a narrative of the Labour Party, and we've been actively campaigning for a Remain vote. And it's, it's particularly um, relevant in the wards that I represent, South Central, which you're absolutely right, mm-hmm. Ramadan. is based and congratulations for all the work that you do in, in terms of community engagement and community activity. I yeah, certainly okay. welcome the work that you, you deliver for the local community. It's particularly relevant um, in Govan Hill because it is a large migrant and immigrant population. It's, it's an area of mm. diversity, um, cultural diversity, a lot of challenges as well. Um, but it's an area that there was a lot of nervousness around um, during the referendum and I know there was a lot of political and... Um, media interest. I was contacted by journalists quite proactively during the, uh, the referendum and there was this kind of perception that there was going to be a clear kind of Brexit agenda from Govan Hill because of the large migrant population and mm. immigration. But I was quite proactively camping in, campaigning in the wards that I represent and okay. I was very pleasantly surprised um, about the kind of response that I was receiving on the doorstep. I did a, a stall as well on Victoria Road a, a few weeks ago. And by and large, you know, the people were initially concerned to see there might be tension, but it, by and large it was quite positive. So. And, and now, um, having, of course, the, uh, your campaign uh, certainly worked and, and, the, and the, work, the hard work of those who campaigned to stay within European Union, within Glasgow, uh, obviously worked, uh, but o- overall uh, the, the decision by the, 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 uh, the English public and the Welsh public was to leave. So... Have you had a chat with any of your constituents so, so far? What's the, what's the kind of the, the pulse, the pulse of feeling out there? 
Well, the feeling, I mean, I, I am a lecturer as well, so I'm a scientist as well, you know, in terms of, um, you know, I was watching this morning and I was really, you know, I was I was living during the night and I was watching it and then I mm. thought, hook up for work and, you know, in the lecture, in, in the college environment, we're very concerned because we've got my, you know, we've got my students, we've got international students as well and we've got European students we've benefited from, you know, grants and funds from the European Union so that sure. there, was a, there was a general anxiety and concern and quite a despondency mm. because there is a concern that it was a anti-immigration kind of fascist narrative that was an, an undercurrent and I don't believe that's the only thing I think there's an anti-establishment, anti-austerity as well but yeah I, I think by the afternoon we were a bit more relaxed but certainly in the morning there was you know, quite a kind of deflatedness about it sure. and I think that we, we do need to keep calm I know there's a lot of talk about another referendum and so forth. I think we need to keep quite calm and level-headed because we've been part of Europe, you know, for years and we've had, you know, the, the, the Scottish referendum as well. And, and you, you, know, you, you touched on it there, um, uh -huh. but in, in terms of third sector organisations uh, who have who, heard the news today who depend on funds from the EU uh, and uh, what kind of impact do you think uh, will be for them for the, for the referendum on this uh, the referendum decision? I think there will be an impact, there's absolutely no doubt, and uh, you know, like the, the ward that I represent is the largest migrant population, and the mm. schools benefit from uh, from funds, and uh, the city council, in fact, um, benefits from funds as well, but the fact is that it's been a democratic mandate, um, we need to accept the, the mandate that it is, you know, we are disappointed, there are some people probably not, and we need to look at, we need to explore other avenues, and we still need to keep calm and have still have that strong vision for Scotland and, and and for Glasgow and you know obviously UK wide as well because not everybody um, in England um, wanted to leave either but it's about accepting what's delivered at, at the ballot box. I mean the challenges, uh, I believe the challenges are about social justice, about delivering housing, health, economy, and I believe that another referendum is not you know a constitutional debate is not is not the narrative that we should potentially be looking towards we should be looking at solutions uh, you know for our for constituents and for the residents of Glasgow, Scotland and Scotland right I believe that's more of the priority. And, and in, in terms of the ability of these third sector groups to, to, to provide services as well are you worried that it's, it's going to have a major impact on the community here as you say that a big a big um, a multicultural society in, in Govan? In Govan Hill, yes. Um, you know, there's in terms of delivering services and uh, you know applying for grants. There's there's a variety of avenues. You know, there's a variety of trusts, and, and you know, there's obviously the government as well. There's a city council, so you know, quite you know, kind of established, expanded organisations. Usually, that are building governance and sustainability will not just you know rely on one source. And for anybody who has applied for European funds, they will, you know, I'm sure that most of them will say that it's quite a detailed, it's quite a lengthy process, uh, and it's, it's quite a complicated process at times as well. Obviously, once the, the result, you know, you get the grant, it's great, but it's not. I'm, I'm, I'd be very surprised if there's any organisation that particularly just relies on one source uh, of funding. Um, in, in terms of austerity as well, um, one of the kind of focuses coming from the, the city council, I mean, I, my role is in. Um, citizens and communities, and we uh, we have been um, distributing funds through the integrated grant fund. And, and my role over the past six months, that was one of the narratives that I was hearing from smaller community-based organisations. We were seeing, you know, year in year out, we've had funding cuts because of austerity and so forth. We've been cut our funding this time. We've found it difficult to sustain. So we had to sit down quite imaginatively 
and look at the kind of whole socialist agenda and, and look more towards even consultations as well. And the consultation narrative is very clear. The smaller community organisations are saying every year, for so many years they've had a funding cut, it's becoming more difficult. So we looked at a kind of a model where the larger organisations, the you know, broader shows there's no social, uh, socialism mm-hmm. agenda, they were taking the broader share of the cut. So the kind of okay. maybe national, the more kind of multinational organisations, what we were saying to them was, well, you've got the capacity, you've got the you know, you've got the maybe the media, and you've got the kind of you know, the structure to, to, to attract kind of national and international funds. However, the small community-based organisation may not have reached that level of capacity. So right. we very proactively protected them. Okay, great. Okay, well, Jazakallah for for providing that information and, and it may put some a lot of people in this area at rest that, uh, that those provisions have been made. So Jazakallah for coming on tonight, sorry, and, and giving uh, your uh, uh, um, uh, overview of what's happening here in this particular in this particular ward. No problem. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was uh, Sister uh, Suraya, who is uh, the uh, one of the councillors of this area. Um, now, uh, I suppose it leads neatly on. I'm going to uh, play uh, an interview um, that we managed to do with uh, um, uh, uh, MSP. Uh, Anas Sarwar uh, early on. Uh, he wasn't able to come in uh, live to the studio with us, uh, but earlier on, uh, Mazar had a chance to catch up with him and get his viewpoints um, on what's happened with the EU referendum. Firstly, considering the results that have come in, uh, why did you think that Scotland uh, voted overwhelmingly for Remain in contrast to the rest of the UK? I mean, what were the underlying factors for this difference of... Uh, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim I, I, I think it's an interesting question. I think, first of all, it's important to say that there will be millions of people, not just in Scotland, but actually uh, across the whole of the United Kingdom, who will have woke up to see the result this morning and been extremely disappointed and anxious with the result. Don't forget that it wasn't just um, Scotland that voted uh, to remain in the European Union. London, overwhelmingly, by an even bigger proportion than Scotland voted, uh, for a Remain vote. Northern Ireland was also a significant vote uh, for Remain, as were individual local authorities in, in parts of England and in parts of Wales. I think it's a complex um, answer. I think one of the reasons, to be honest, is in, in many ways through the independence referendum that we had in 2014, we had the ability in, in some ways to express the anger that we have with the wider establishment and the uh, political class in 2014 and there are elements of England uh, and Wales that haven't had that opportunity and this perhaps was their opportunity to express that anger. Mm. Now what we witnessed uh, during the campaign was uh, something which has been a concern for Muslims in particular was the rhetoric that came out from the, uh, the kind of leave campaign particularly kind of this poisonous kind of uh, right-wing rhetoric. I mean do you think that could herald a shift in politics to the right? I think the I think inevitably there the looks like there is some shift of politics to the right, particularly around the immigration argument. I think what we should not be complacent on, though, and, and I urge this to all Muslim brothers and sisters, both here but also across the UK, that if you actually look at some of the results where there are significant ethnic minority populations, the vote was to leave overwhelmingly. So there are certain ethnic minority areas where ethnic minority people by a clear majority voted to leave. Um, I had individuals within Glasgow or indeed in, within Edinburgh 
who were saying they were voting to leave based on immigration. So I think that we need to be cautious about uh, the reasons and not make it seem as if this was only a right-wing, non-Muslim, white vote. There was clearly an ethnic minority vote for um, leave um, as well. But there's a broader uh, point by I like to make, and that is, look, as I say, it's, people are disappointed across the whole of the UK, millions of people. Um, but the markets this morning have shown that people's uh, jobs, people's wages and people's pensions are uh, under risk due to the volatility. And I think we have a fundamental responsibility to put uh, short-term politics to one side and to make sure that we have a cool heads approach to make sure we are minimising the impact on individuals that might come from that volatility uh, in the markets. It's an interesting question for, for Scotland, but um, the other point to make for Scotland and indeed for other parts of the UK is it's really, really important that we now have a formal structure. I know the Prime Minister mentioned that he would involve the um, Northern Irish, the Welsh and the Scottish uh, governments in the process of negotiations, but there needs to be a formal process where we bring together all four uh, nations and indeed the regions of the uh, United Kingdom. We bring in together all the talents uh, to make sure we all have a stake in the negotiation to, for what UK leaving the EU actually means so we actually get the best deal possible for all parts of the United Kingdom. Now that's interesting because you're saying bringing them all together but in terms of the results do they not herald this element of polarisation between Scotland and England? Look, I think um, there will be those that wish to talk it up. I think it's safe to say that many Scots will be disappointed, just like many people in London will be disappointed. I'm disappointed with the result. I would have preferred that we remained part of the United Kingdom, but I think we just need to be very, very careful about the tone and the approach that we have in the coming days and indeed the coming weeks and months. Uh, in the immediate, we've got to make sure we strike the right tone so we do not shake the markets more than they need to be shaken. Um, what do the markets mean? It's not just big business making lots of money. It actually means individuals' jobs, pensions uh, and wages. So we need to make sure we're not shaking the markets. Uh, going beyond that, we need to make sure that um, Scotland and indeed London and Wales and Northern Ireland has a strong voice in terms of negotiations. And I don't think that we should have a rush to decide when there should be a timetable for a second independence referendum. And the reason why I say that is... Um, there are two crucial points. One, we do not yet know the terms in which the UK will leave the European Union. And secondly, we do not even know the terms of what it would mean for individuals in Scotland if Scotland was to leave the UK to join the European Union, if indeed that is what uh, happens. And if the markets have shown us anything today, to take a monumental decision without knowing fully the consequences, we will further risk people's jobs, people's pensions and people's wages. And that's why I think it's far, far, far too early to say that the right response to this is perhaps a referendum or indeed independence. Mm. I mean, it's, it's interesting you mentioned this because, of course, Nicola Sturgeon has, you know, today said that this uh, result, you know, makes a second indie referendum highly likely, as quoted highly likely. What's your thoughts on that then? Well, well look, I, th I think given what uh, is written in her manifesto. I, I think it was clear that she would have said that given the result that we've had. I thought the tone that she struck in general was a very conciliatory one and, and positive one, I must say, um, as someone from an opposition political party who obviously campaigned on the opposite side of uh, her in the 2014 referendum, but on the same side as her in the uh, EU referendum. But again, I'd say that it's far too early to set out a timetable 
um, for any kind of referendum because we don't yet know what the uh, terms of any kind of agreement uh, would be. In actual fact, um, and only time will tell if this is borne out by the facts depending on what any kind of agreement looks like, in many for Nicola Sturgeon and indeed for the independence movement, the arguments to stay in the or get independence from the rest of the UK are actually more difficult now than they were before. And I'll tell you what I mean by that, a couple of practical examples. The argument that was made quite clearly by the SNP was that they wanted independence within Europe. And the argument that they made was that we would still be part of a single market with the rest of the United Kingdom because they would be members of the European Union and we would be members of the European Union. That is no longer the case. So that single market argument becomes a lot more difficult. And you saw the First Minister accept that point. Radio Ramzan 87.7 FM. Now you are listening to our MSP Anas Sarwar from our Numaindi Mazhar Khan. تاہر انعام شیخ صاحب ہمارے ساتھ اسٹوڈیوز میں موجود ہیں ہماری یہ اسپیشل ٹرانسمیشن ہے یورو ریفرینڈم جو کہ آج جس کے ہم ریزلٹس دیکھ رہے ہیں جو کل ہوا کنکلوڈ ہوا اور برطانیہ نے کے شہریوں نے اس کو ففٹی ون پوائنٹ نائن پرسینٹ ورسز فورٹی ایٹ پوائنٹ ون پرسینٹ سے یورپ سے نکلنے کا فیصلہ کیا شیخ صاحب ہم یہ دیکھ رہے ہیں کہ مارکیٹ کا جو ٹرینڈ یہ ہے کہ فوسی ون ہنڈریڈ جو ہے وہ فائیو ہنڈریڈ پوائنٹس نیچے آئی ہے فائیو ہنڈریڈ پوائنٹس کا مطلب یہ ہے کہ جب ایک پوائنٹ اوپر چلا جاتا ہے تو اس سے دو سے تین بلین ڈالر چاہیے دو سے تین ملین ڈالر چاہیے ایک پوائنٹ اوپر جانے سے پانچ سو پوائنٹ نیچے آئی ہے ہاؤ مینی بلینز آف پاؤنڈز آر نیڈیڈ ناؤ کہ اس کو واپس اپنی جگہ پہ لے کے آیا جا سکے فرانس کی مارکیٹ جو ہے وہ فور ہنڈریڈ اینڈ سکسٹی ایٹ جرمنی کی مارکیٹ جو ہے وہ 468 پوائنٹ سے نیچے آئی ہے ٹوکیو کی مارکیٹ 8 پرسنٹ ڈاؤن ہو گئی ہے اگر کوئی مارکیٹ ایفیکٹ نہیں ہوئی تو وہ نیو یارک کی ہے فورچن 500 جو کہ چند پوائنٹس نیچے آئی ہے صرف لیکن اس کے جو اثرات یہاں پہ اس کو کیسے ہم ٹرانسلیٹ کریں گے مارکیٹ ڈاؤن چلے گی عام آدمی اس کو کیسے سمجھے گا اس کے اثرات اکانومی پہ کیا ہونے جا رہے ہیں دیکھیں ایٹ پرسنٹ کمی آئی ہے بینک جو ہیں بڑے مثلاً آر بی ایس ہے رائل بینک آف سکارلینڈ برکلے ہیں ان کے شیر جو ہیں تھرٹی پرسنٹ تک کم ہو گئے تھے تھرٹی پرسنٹ تک یعنی جس شخص نے کل ایک پاؤنڈ کا شیر خریدا تھا اس کی ویلیو اب ستر پینس رہ گئی جی رات و رات رات و رات ایک ہزار پاؤنڈ کا شیر خریدا ہوا آج سات سو پاؤنڈ کا رہ گیا پاؤنڈ جو ہے ڈالر کے مقابلے میں کل تھا ون ففٹی یعنی 153 کا مطلب یہ ہے کہ اگر آپ نے چائنہ سے کوئی امپورٹ کی ہے ڈالرز میں اب آپ کو زیادہ پاؤنڈز بھیجنے پڑے گی بلکل یہاں پہ چیزیں جو مہنگی ہو جائیں گی قیمتیں بڑھیں گی اور مبکی رہے کہ بینک کا انٹریسٹ ریٹ بھی بڑھانا پڑے یعنی اس کو سٹیبلائز کرنے کے لیے بینک کا انٹریسٹ ریٹ جیسے انٹریسٹ ریٹ بڑھے گا اس کا مطلب ہے کہ وہ انفلیشن کی طرف چلی جائے گی معاملہ اور انفلیشن کا مطلب اور سیلنگ کے پھٹے جو ہے نا گھروں کے باہر آنا شروع ہو سکتے ہیں جی جی بالکل چیزیں جو ہیں یہ مہنگی ہو جائیں گی اور جو کاسٹ ہے وہ بڑھ جائے گی 
تو اس میں یہ ہے کہ جو ظاہر ہے کمزور پاؤنڈ ہوگا تو ہمیں زیادہ قیمت پہ کرنی پڑے گی یعنی کل روپیہ جو تھا وہ پاؤنڈ کی قدر میں ایک سو اور ترپن روپے تھا تقریباً آج وہ ایک سو بیتالیس روپے ہو گیا رات کو ایک سو پچاس ففٹی سکس تک تھا وہ یعنی ایک ہزار پاؤنڈ کے پیچھے دس ہزار روپے کا فرق ہے صبح میں نے دیکھا تو وہ ہنڈریڈ تھرٹی نائن تھا روپیہ جو ہے وہ اتنی تیزی سے اس پاؤنڈ جو اتنی تیزی سے گرا ہے اور ڈالر کا اظہار ہے ڈالر بھی ایک مین کرنسی ہے سب سے بڑی اور یہ سارے ریپرکاشنز جو ہیں کہ ایک ووٹ کی وجہ سے ہیں کہ ہم نے فیصلہ کیا ہے بحثیت مجموعی کہ ہم نے یورپ سے نکل جانا ہے جی 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 بالکل اصل میں میں سمجھتا ہوں کہ جو لوگ ہیں انہیں اس کے کانسیکوینسز کا نہیں پتا تھا جب ہم ووٹ دینے لگے تھے ہمارے ذہن پہ ایک ہی بہت سوات تھا کہ یہ جو امیگرینٹس آ رہے ہیں یورپ سے یا دوسرے جو امیگرینٹس ہیں ان کو کیسے روکا جائے لوگوں کے اس کے اثرات پڑھ بھی رہے تھے مثلا ہماری جو جو ہاؤسنگ سسٹم ہے جو این ایچ ایس ہے جو ایجوکیشن سسٹم ہے اس پہ بوجھ بہت زیادہ بڑھ گیا تھا تو ایک کامن مین جو ہے وہ افیکٹ ہو رہا تھا فراز اف آئی کین آسک یو آن دس ون ہیئر اف آئی کین برنگ یو ان اراؤنڈ تھری ملین امیگرنٹس فرام ایسٹرن یورپ جس ناؤ آفٹر دس یو ریکن یو ار امیگریشن لائر ہیئر یو ٹیل آس ناؤ three million is it going to stop at this just because we've said yes mm. no no not at all uh, 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 we said out yeah no not at all the the argument that immigration is going to slow down in the short term is going to, is actually wrong um because it will take a few years for this um uh, exit to happen mm-hmm. in amongst that time uh, anybody inside europe is able to come to the uk So you have approximately over two years, just about two years, depending on when uh, we signal that we want to leave um, Europe. Um, for anybody that wants to come into the UK from out with um, the UK, in, inside Europe, is able to come in. So, so from, from now Bulgaria, to implementation, mm-hmm. the two years, another three million can actually come in. Uh, another 30 million can come in. Come in. Basically, as many can come in as possible. Just now, when we do close the doors, essentially, when we do kind of exit um, mm-hmm. Europe, Um, the government of the day at the time will be, uh, I suppose, duty-bound to make sure that those people are here uh, are allowed to stay here. It is conceivable then, actually, that within those two years we could have another Scottish referendum and actually stay, vote stay in and, and actually never leave Europe then. That, that, um, it's a possibility. <laughs> that, that is a possibility now. Now, the, the re- repercussion to that is that as soon as you see that Scotland can actually go independent, mm. every other Eastern European sitting south of the border mm. we'll just cross Dumfries well when we had the first um, Scottish referendum um, the only Scottish referendum on, on independence um, what what happened was a lot of people that were in England a lot of um, people that were not did not have rights of, of residence in the country people that were uh, precarious in their in their stay they started phoning Scotland, uh, people in Scotland to be able to move up to Scotland there was a lot of um, uh, movement of, of uh, population up to Scotland mm. because they thought if Scotland gets independence mm-hmm. it'll be easier to get stay it'll be easier to get a visa a wee bit to get to, to, to live and work mm-hmm. in Scotland because it's an independent country and if you if you remember um, there was a lot of um, talk about uh, an independent Scotland because being an immigrant friendly country mm. now there isn't a border as such between Scotland and England and a lot of people are moving over so if the case is that in um, uh, we do exit in, in a few years time mm. people from Europe can come here um, and if Scotland does it is triggered that Scotland's referendum mm. for independence happens a lot of 
people from England who either don't have a, uh, a status or, or, or are European, mm. they may move into Scotland as well. And Scotland's population is just over 5 million people, and that could, that could soar. I'm going to ask this in Urdu no, here, no, uh, and, and if you could possibly come into <laughs> English. 4,000 takeaways in Glasgow. 4,000 takeaway owners are in Glasgow. And 4,000 takeaway owners means that if average of 5 people work, then 5 times 4 is 20. 20,000 workers work here. For this referendum, what is the effect of 20,000 workers? جو بیس ہزار کام کر رہے ہیں ان پر کوئی فرق نہیں پڑے گا ہمیں ایک فائدہ بھی ہو سکتا ہے فائدہ یہ ہو سکتا ہے کہ پہلے جو لوگ یورپ سے آ رہے ہیں اب وہ کامن ویلک کے کرنٹی سے بھی آ سکتے ہیں کیونکہ کامن ویلک کے کرنٹی سے انہوں نے امیگریشن بند کر دی تھی بلکل بہت کام ہو رہی تھی ایون ہم اپنی بیویوں اور بچوں کو بھی نہیں بلا سکتے تھے ایٹین تھوزنڈ انہوں نے پی کر دی تھی حالانکہ اب چونکہ یورپ سے وہ لوگ نہیں آئیں گے تو پوائنٹ سسٹم پہ پاکستان انڈیا وغیرہ سے لوگ آ سکتے ہیں یہ ایک فائدہ ہو سکتا ہے لیکن دوسری بات جو آپ کہہ رہے ہیں کہ یورپ سے لوگ اگر انڈیپینڈنٹ سکارلیٹ ہو جاتا ہے تو یورپ سے لوگ یہاں آئیں گے یہاں بہت کام آنے کا امکان ہے اس کی وجہ یہ ہے جو ہمارے بھائی لوگ جو تھے یہاں سے چلے جاتے تھے آسٹریا ہنگری یہاں وہاں جا کر کے کوئی پاسپورٹ لیا پھر وہاں سے اس طرف آگئے وہ راستہ تو رک گیا نا نہیں وہ کریں گے وہ کریں گے لیکن جو یورپین ہیں جو چیک ریپبلک کے لوگ تھے رومینیا کے تھے وہ سکارڈنڈ نہیں آئیں گے کیونکہ سکارٹش کانومی اتنی سٹرانگ نہیں ہے جتنی یوکے کی کانومی تھی وہ وہاں بھی آیا کرتے تھے ادھر نہیں آئیں گے ادھر ایک ہی چانسہ زیادہ وہ آئل کا تھا آئیب کی پرائیسی جو ہے وہ بھی لاؤن چلی گئی ہیں لاس ورڈ اٹسلا بفور وی گو ٹو فیر Well, the question of immigration, uh, and we, we're talking about immigration within Europe now, not asylum seekers or people coming from other countries, it's really dependent on the economy. And now we've noticed this in the last few years. Lots of people came from Poland, but once things has, uh, economy has improved in Poland, some of them are going back. So it's, it's not a, a once-in-a-lifetime. Some people from Poland who are here are going back to Poland. Mm. So it's really could be an advantage to the country to have immigrants, but that depends on the economy. Mm -hmm. If, like we said earlier, investment now in the, going to the, the, to, to the UK will be down because of being isolated from the European community, mm -hmm. and we know that some car factories and other factories are built in the UK so that they can be considered part of the European Union and they spread over the whole Union. Okay. Now, if we split from there, then they, there's no point of doing that investment. Now, if you talk about Scotland being independent mm. within Europe, then that could come to Scotland and you will need lots of people to come and work here. So it's really you, so the, the question of just numbers of people moving sure. from one country to another is that. Not so simple of course, the asylum seekers and poor people running away from wars, etc., mm. that's a different story. Mm -hmm. okay. And even in this one, the uh, UK government has been the worst one in taking refugees mm. in this time because... Germany opened the door completely. Uh, maybe it went too far, some people say. Uh, other countries take huge numbers, mm. whereas the UK said we'll take 20,000 over five years. But we have live with us now uh, on the phone uh, uh, Dr. Zahid Parvez, um, who is the director of the Markfield Institute of Higher Education. Uh, Asalaamu Alaikum, uh, Brother Zahid. Jazakallah khair for joining us. Um, uh, outspoken on this issue, of course, and r written a lot about it. Um, uh, but Zahid, I suppose we'd start off with a kind of um, almost bizarre scenario, I suppose. We're, we're potentially facing uh, a, a Boris 
uh, slash uh, a Trump uh, double act uh, that uh, is in charge of the quote-unquote free uh, world. Uh, what would you say to that? Uh, basically, I didn't sleep all night. <laughs> I, I watched the whole results unfolding mm. of six o'clock and really sad, confused, mm. and worried about what could come our way. And uh, now all the comments, we've spoken to a lot of people, mm -hmm. uh, going to school, shopping and so on. Sure. Basically, what I would categorize is that there are some people who are very naive politically and mm. uh, whatever they hear, the comments, they get swayed by it. Sure. Like uh, there's a report that the Sun newspaper actually contribute a lot in pushing people towards voting to leave. Yeah? And there are other people who are generally worried about immigration, their jobs, their security, sovereignty, and so on. So they also decided to vote in that. But uh, what's coming up that there is an underlying current of uh, right-wing extremism now and nationalism arising, not only in the UK, but the whole of Europe. And I think not only the neoliberals, but neocons are now capturing this opportunity. And in the name of national sovereignty, they are now trying to get into real power. Although they did influence power, but now there's a very strong chance of Michael Gove and uh, Boris Johnson now to be at the helm of affairs in a major political party. And that political party could win if there's elections again. So, you know, it is quite worrying what will happen not only to Britain, but Muslim community in particular. And, uh, you know, uh, the Trojan horse case, I am fully aware, because there were a couple of people I knew personally, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that a non-issue was made, by a, uh, made into a national, international issue. You know, just by somebody said Azan in a sure. school, they separated boys and girls in the class, mm -hmm. and this was uh, presented as real, and that was done by Michael Gove. Now, if Michael Gove now comes at the helm of affairs, I can clearly see him driving this Islamophobic agenda mm -hmm. and trying to squeeze Islam from forms in a public expression. And any Muslims who talk about Islam uh, and politics, basically to exterminate them from public positions. And this is coming, and I am really worried about this. And more tensions could be created between the Muslim community and the rest of society. And, um, you know, it, it is quite worrying what is happening, yeah? Mm -hmm. And a more, you know, secular nationalist agenda and more Islamophobic agenda could be driven. We need to now become quite politically active. Otherwise, you know, the future of our, you know, Iman, our Islam, our community, you know, there will be very serious question marks. Uh, 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 Dr. Zahid Pervez, um you said you're worried. What's one single thing that you think is extremely worrying? What is it that you're worried about? Main worry is that uh, Islamic uh, work, mosques, uh, schools, uh, our other institutions, they will be highly regulated. And uh, that, surely is like, not, is it, that surely is not a bad thing, uh, no, ha no, no, having no, high regulations. No, it's not a bad thing. For example, just a very uh, just recent issue about a week ago, that in the prisons, one person designed a syllabus called the I syllabus, and it had a chapter on jihad. Now, such pressure was pushed that this is extremism. Even jihad concept cannot be taught. It must be eliminated from the syllabus. So what I'm trying to say is not just uh, 
regulating and following proper policies, transparency, openness, and so on, but it's actually interfering and defining what is Islam and what is not Islam that we can live by and that we cannot live by. Mm -hmm. That is the worry which, uh, you know, I can see this coming. But that's that's, uh, that's Islamophobia, nothing to do with this EU referendum. No, the Shantan Shay is the people who are likely to now to come to power, they are driven by this agenda. Okay. And this okay. is going to now affect the Muslim community and the tensions between the community and the rest of society. Okay, well, I mean, uh, Turkey, for example, was constantly thrown into the referendum debate um, as yeah. heralding a, a, a sort of new mainstream of Islamophobia and politics, etc. And, and we heard from uh, somebody early on who was saying that the, that the right-wing politics is worse, uh, obviously, in, Fran- in countries like uh, France and Austria, etc., where they, uh, you know, have majorly popular support. I mean, uh, despite everything people say, say even even the most right-wing of parties, like uh, well, uh, mainstream parties, uh, 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 Nigel Farage's UKIP, uh, they. They still don't get any uh, any any headway in, in elections. So, uh, you know, are, are we not in some ways better off leaving you know Austria and other countries that have got some, or, or leaving you know Le Pen behind and, and getting on with our own affairs here in, in the UK, where we're where we're you know doing fairly well in that respect. I totally agree that you know and fascism, nationalism, right-wing extremism is rising in the in, in the whole of Europe. But what's happened in the UK now is going to give more impetus, momentum now, to, to and encourage these groups to come to the front. So the whole of your, you know, uh, the this could rise. And Muslims, there are about 20 million Muslims in Western and Eastern Europe together. You know, uh, especially Western Europe, it is going to affect the Muslim communities in a very radical way. And that is a worry. Not mm. only that, but our own country. If you look at immigration, the debates all show that even if uh, those who the UKIP or any other party comes to power, they will not be able to control immigration. The reason is Britain needs more immigration mm-hmm. because the elderly population is increasing. They need more young people to come forward. Otherwise, the economy could collapse. France needs a million more people. Italy needs a million more people. Germany has just taken in two more million people. So this is just rhetoric which is um, to hide people and to steer a particular political agenda. And we need to be alert about this and educate ourselves and our community and society as well that we are going towards a very dangerous course which will create tensions between our our, our different communities. Okay, I think we had uh, uh, Imran on the line, uh, so we're going to try and connect him through. I think uh, hopefully okay. he's there. So, um, uh, Assalamualaikum, Imran. Waalaikumsalam. Okay, Zakhla for joining us. I don't know if you were able to hear what uh, Dr. Zahid Pervez was I saying uh, with with regards to uh, uh, some serious issues of Islamophobia that are going to occur as a result. Sure. Um, you, now, now I, I believe you you voted uh, to uh, leave uh, the European yes. Union. Uh, so I don't know what, you ha- what you'd r- respond to that. Okay, so I haven't heard all the debate. I was just talking sure. to a friend of mine in Glasgow. Okay. Um, and he said, you know, why don't you go on this? Because he voted to stay in and I voted to stay out. I okay. live in Brighton. Okay, yeah. And oh. what tweaked me was a, f- a couple of months ago, I heard a debate between Nigel Farage and George Galloway. Sure. And they both mentioned that Tony Benn was opposed to the EU. And I didn't know this, and okay. I got really curious about this, because for me, he was a man of integrity. Yeah. 
And then I started listening to what he said about it. And to, and to him, and also for me, it's an issue of democracy. The EU is completely unaccountable. Mm -hmm. I joined the Labour Party so I could vote for Jeremy Corbyn, because one of the things I want is I want the railways in England nationalised. True. The EU is pushing through rules that would mean that it make it impossible for people in for the UK to re-nationalise the railways. And then I'm like, well, what's the point of my voting for, for, na for an MP that supports nationalisation of the railways? Then I looked at what the EU was doing with TTIP. Mm -hmm. TTIP, um, the EU has been negotiating, unelected EU commissioners have been negotiating that in secret with US officials. We don't know who because they've slapped a 30-year ban on disclosure of the minutes of those meetings. MEPs aren't allowed to have oversight of those meetings. What we have in the EU is a structure where the primary lawmaking body is unelected, not accountable to the people. And the secondary lawmaking body, which is the parliament, doesn't have the powers to repeal legislation or initiate legislation. And I think the EU has broken the social contract sure. with people in, European, people in Europe. Infant mortality has gone up by 50% in Greece since the imposition of the EU austerity plan. Sure, I, I, I completely accept that the, the, the discussion around the actual European Union and how it operates, etc., is a much more nuanced one, one which many people have commented on, and, and, and actually those many who voted in still felt uncomfortable with the way that it was, it was heading. However, is it not a little bit like you know um, taking a sledgehammer to, to, to a nut uh, in, in terms of breaking away entirely from that situation rather than trying to uh, change it from within and trying to reform it from within? Well, for 40 years... 40 plus years Britain's been a member of the EU and there have we have had Eurosceptic Tory governments in power for a lot of that time mm -hmm. and they've been unable to ex extract any meaningful change and in that time the EU has taken on more powers for itself it's disregarded referenda in Ireland France Greece and I think also Denmark and the Netherlands that went against them it's written overshot. I looked at the structure. There's no real structure for reform. And I think, like the apartheid system in South Africa, like British rule in India, <laughs> it can't be, it can't, they couldn't be reformed. Okay. They, mm -hmm. they don't allow for reform because Very you, interesting right, points. Yeah. Okay. you have yeah. an unaccountable yeah. leadership that aren't answerable yes. to the electorate. Fair enough. Jazakallah khair. Points made very eloquently. Jazakallah khair for that. We appreciate your, your comments tonight. Thank you very much. Love this work. That was Brother Imran from Brighton who 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 would Bazahid, you want to respond to any of those uh, the, the points? Yeah, that basically, I think this point is put forward again and again. We need to understand that European Union is not an independent body. Britain and other countries are important members, and they contribute in shaping all the policies. Uh, the, 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 our Prime Minister Cameron and Tony Blair before that, they are the ones who have a maybe greater input than many other countries in shaping the policies. And if you look at over the 40 years, our workers have managed to get the rights because of Europe, not because of Britain. If we were separate, they may not have uh, managed to get the rights which they have. Equal pay and working conditions, health and safety, and the trade agreements, mm. uh, you know, not having tariffs. You know, if you look at the benefits 
Sure. Cost benefit analysis, you will see that there is enormous benefit in being part of the EU, and we can still influence the policy making, which will affect other countries. So it's not an independent in the body there. Some Sikhish uh, people are making the policies. We sure. are important part members of that union, and we are contributing in shaping. Dr. Salah, you wanted to mention a bit about the, the yeah. legislation. I think on, on, on that point, which uh, Dr. Zahed has raised, uh, is what I wanted to say. Uh, and according to the speaker on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, I just want to answer to him that it's easier to do what you like when uh, you, you are on your own than doing it collectively sure. with another group of people who have the same aim. Uh, if everyone goes on his own, and this is what was history about in Europe before uh, the European community and the European uh, Union, because that's mainly made to keep some kind of uh, peace in Europe. That was a, a first aim first. But, but, but the, 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 the counter-argument is then is that it's, it's a huge beast, it's, it's, it's unmanageable. Uh, yes, but it has made some good achievements, and one of them which is really... Uh, important to us, we're talking about Islamophobia. Islamophobia is part of a trend of, in many other areas of life, of discrimination against minorities, and Muslims, of course, uh, are taking a lot of this. Uh, the, the only protection we can have is to have laws which govern the discrimination and protect people from being discriminated against. And there was a lot of cases of discrimination happening in the UK, and the only solution was raised when it was raised up to the level of Europe. Now, in the European Union, there is the Convention of Human Rights, and there's a Court of Human Rights. And these are safeguards for people in the UK to go back to. And they are used now as part of the law, especially in Scotland, where the uh, European convention is part of the agreement of devolution with the UK government. I don't know what they will do about that if you have another government which is not part of the EU, uh, because that's already in the the agreement, and also the same with Northern Ireland. And if that is drawn, as some of the Conservative Party want to do, and draw their own uh, human rights or British Bill of Rights, I don't know what we will see in it, and it will be decided only by these individuals. And from experience, Gov and uh, Boys, etc., uh, we've seen how they have treated as lived Muslims. So we're looking at these things of equality, human rights, mm. and we want them to continue and to improve, of course. We're not saying that the European Union is perfect, but we hope that working together should reach something better. But if we just run away and do our own thing, uh, some will suffer. Sure. Sheikh, uh, تقریباً دو گھنٹے سے ہم اس پہ بات کر رہے ہیں ای یو ریفرینڈم کے نتائج اور اس سے نتیجہ نکلنے کے بعد جتنی کوئی خرابی پیدا ہو سکتی تھی یا ممکن ہے اور وہ ہم نے ڈسکس کر لی بلکہ وہ خرابیاں بھی ڈسکس کر لیں جن کا ابھی ظہور ہونا ہے ابھی سارے خطرات خدشات ہیں اس میں کوئی سلور لائننگ بھی دیکھتے ہیں جی وہی میں ارض کر رہا ہوں کہ ایشین کے لیے ایشین کے پوائنٹ آف ویو سے کہہ رہے ہیں یا اوور آل کنٹری ایشین نہیں ہے اب یہاں پہ ہم تو برطانیہ کے شہری ہیں جو کہ اسکاٹلینڈ میں رہتے ہیں اور اب جو قبرستان ہے ہمارے وہ بھر چکے ہیں اور نئے قبرستان کی تیاریاں ہیں جی زبیر صاحب بات یہ ہے کہ ان لوگوں نے جس طریقے سے امیگریشن یہاں لے کے آئے ہیں خاص طور پہ ٹونی بلیئر صاحب تو اس وقت 
آپ کو پتہ ہے ٹونی بلیئر جو ہیں جب وہ وزارت عظمت سے علیحدہ ہوئے ہیں تو انہوں نے رومن کیتھلک وہ بن گئے تھے انہوں نے نیا مذہب اختیار کر لیا تھا وہ دو ہزار دو سے لے کے جب تک وہ لے کے آئے ہیں زیادہ امیگرینٹس وہ ایسٹرن یورپ کے تھے اور سارے رومن کیتھلک تھے انہوں نے بڑی تیزی سے لوگ لے کے آئے ہیں وہاں سے انہوں نے یہ نہیں دیکھا کہ اس کے اثرات کیا ہوں گے یہاں کی اکانومی پہ یہاں کے ہیلتھ سسٹم پہ یہاں کی ہاؤزنگ پہ تو لوگوں میں ایک ریئیکشن پیدا ہوا ہے لوگ ڈر گئے ہیں کہ جتنی تیزی سے یہ آ رہے ہیں یہ ہمیں ڈومینیٹ کر لیں گے تو اس کے ساتھ ہی وہ جو ایلیمنٹ تھا ریسزم کا جو ہمارے خلاف تھا جو پہلی لوگ اسلامو فوبک تھا ہمارے لیے, کا تھا ہمارے لیے یہاں پہ امکانات اب کیا ہیں اس اس اچھے امکانات یا کیا امکانات اس چیلنج سے نکلنے کے راستے اور امکانات کیا ہیں امکانات یہی ہیں کہ میں سمجھتا ہوں کہ ایک تو یہ ہے کہ پوائنٹ سسٹم جب یہ کریں گے تو وہ امیگریشن آئے گی جس کی انہیں ضرورت ہے ٹھیک ہے جی اور آپ سمجھتے ہیں کہ ہمارے لیے امیگریشن بہتر ہو سکتی ہے بہتر ہو سکتی ہے جی اس کے علاوہ اکانومی سلمپ میں جائے گی نیچے جائے گی کیا اس کو باہر نکلنے کا راستہ دیکھا اکانومی فوری طور پہ نیچے جائے گی ٹھیک اور جا بھی رہی ہے اور ہم ہمارے لوگوں کو زیادہ کمپیٹیو ہونا پڑے گا جی ہم ایک ریالٹی ہے یہ سامنے ہمارا جی ہاں جی جی بالکل ہمیں یہ ہے کہ اب ہمیں زیادہ محنت کرنی پڑے گی اپنے آپ کو بہتر طریقے سے پیش کرنا پڑے گا آرگنائز کرنا پڑے گا ڈاکٹر زاہد پرویز نے جو نشاندہی کی اپنے اس انگلش میں کانٹریبیوشن میں کہ مسلمانوں کے لیے اب حالات مشکل سے مشکل تر ہوتے چلے جائیں گے یہاں پہ کیونکہ یہ ان لوگوں کے حق میں نتائج گئے ہیں جو لوگ اسلام کے مسلمانوں کے اندر سے نیتن خلاف ہیں اس کا آپ کیسے دیکھتے ہیں کہ مقابلہ کیسے کیا جا سکے گا یقینی طور پہ جی وہ گروپ جو اسلام کے خلاف تھا جو امیگریٹس کے خلاف تھا وہ کامیاب ہوا ہے اور ان کے انٹرنیشنل لنکس ہیں امریکہ میں ٹرمپ تھا آسٹریا میں فرانس میں لیپین پارٹی ہے آسٹریا میں ہے اس کے علاوہ ہالینڈ میں ہے یہ سارے لوگ جو ہیں یہ چاہتے ہیں کہ ایک تو امیگریشن ختم ہو اور دوسرا نیشنلزم کے یہ ہم ہیں سارے اور یہ سارے اسلامو فوبک ہیں جتنے بھی جن کے میں نے نام لیے ہیں اور بریٹن میں بھی وہی گروپ کامیاب ہوا ہے جو اسلامک فوبک ہے اور انہوں نے ترکی کا ہوا کھڑا کر کے عوام کو گمراہ کیا ہے اب ہمیں اپنی صفوں میں مزید اتحاد پیدا کرنا پڑے گا جی بالکل ہمیں اتحاد پیدا کرنے پڑے گا ہمیں ایجوکیشن کے میدان میں آگے آنا پڑے گا ہمیں میڈیا کے میدان میں آگے آنا پڑے گا ہمیں وہ کام کرنے پڑیں گے جس سے مقامی کمیونٹی جو ہے اس کو بھی ہم خوش کر سکیں ان کے ساتھ اچھے تعلقات رکھیں Okay, the time is now coming towards nine o'clock, so we're heading towards the, the, the last uh, part of the show. So I'd just like to ask uh, all the guests to kind of summarize, um, uh, really kind of on, on a more positive note, uh, if, if I could ask them to say, um, how, how do we make uh, the best of the situation? And Brother Zahid, if I can come to you first, what, what do we need now to, to do to move forward? Yes, I am always positive, and, uh, you know, whatever the situation, we need to make the best out of it. So I feel I can see Muslims now becoming more aware more organized and more engaged with society because they've realized they have to now work to, def- to defend themselves, protect their rights, and also make very important contributions in society mm-hmm. so that they become more respected in society and their deen and way of life is begin to be appreciated and acknowledged. Mm. And I, this is what I feel, that it's a wake-up call for the Muslims, and mm-hmm. I can already see now in so many discussion groups Young people now want to become more active, they mm-hmm. want to become more organized, and they feel that they need to find new ways, avenues to engage with society more effectively. So I feel something good has come out of this. 
Jazakallah khair Zayed for joining us tonight and giving us some very interesting points as always as always very eloquently made Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum uh, that was Dr. Zahid Bavez, the uh, uh, director of the Muslim uh, uh, Hi- Institute of Higher Learning in Markfield. Uh, so if we could come finally to our panel here and, uh, and ask Faraz the, s- the same question. Um, <coughs> uh, I, I think um, in regards to this um, vote here, it was something that surprised a lot of people um, that this vote would come out. The immediate aftermath of this vote <coughs> is still unclear just now. There's a lot of um, hyperbole, there's a lot of scaremongering, mm. there's a lot of people that are panicked and are uncertain what the future is going to hold. Um, but what is certain is that the markets which provide us with jobs and our pension, etc., they are a bit scared. Sure. With that means money leaves the UK. With that means inflation rises, um, interest rates could possibly follow as well, and then there's a recession. Mm-hmm. Your payment that you're making to your mortgage will go up. It will affect everybody that's in the UK here. Um, there's still a few years left to go before we're actually going to leave out from, from Europe, so there's a bit of time. The, best, the, the, the population has spoken, and the best way that we have to do it is in an orderly manner. What happens uh, in terms you, of... You mentioned about scaremongering, and, and there's been a lot of kind mm. of images being, you know, f- fired out there, and kind of, you know, accusations made that uh, that uh, Morgan Stanley, for example, are pulling their their, their people out of the country, and... Nando's as well. There was, Nando's there, there was scaremongering that Nando's might I don't know why, there. I think this must be the chicken thing that's, uh, yeah, that the really scares people. The Portuguese. <laughs> they're trained. Yeah, so, uh, the, the Nando's thing, I just want to clarify, is sure. not true. Right. Are not closing there. And Morgan Stanley? Um, they've denied it. Right. They've denied that they've moved 2,000 people to Ireland. But the thing is, there is a lot of scaremongering. People are genuinely afraid. I don't personally don't buy into this entire Islamophobic um, government that's going to come in and we're all going to you know, um, be held. And, sure. uh, yeah. We were protected by the European um, uh, framework yeah. to a certain extent. We did have workers' rights, as Dr. Salah said, and you know the European Convention on Human Rights. And any law that we enacted... Scottish Government or, or Westminster meant that we had to um, uh, work within that framework. That's gone now. So we are our own masters, as it were. Sure. So whoever, whoever we elect, that's what it is. So it's still wait and see uh, in terms of what happens now. But um, inshallah, we, we, you know, there's, there's, these things come round over a generation sure. period of time. There was the, the, the crash in terms of the economy um, in, in uh, I think it was in John Major's time. When you had to, yeah, when yeah. we had to uh, come out from the ECM, and everybody panicked that time, and you know it will just keep coming back. So it's not. I don't think people need to panic. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're asking me for a hopeful note. Inshallah, Indeed, there please. is hope. Inshallah, <laughs> all the time. But I think the situation now means that uh, things will not be easier. Uh, and what's required really is that we get together and work harder for our heights and the heights of everybody. Support all the just causes in, 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 in the society. And I think one major thing we have to uh, work harder on is our engagement with the rest of the communities, with the mainstream mm-hmm. communities. Sure. Uh, and don't stay all the time in this small bubble, uh, which the, 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 the enemies of Islam, etc., use it as a sign that we are different, we are this, this. But by engaging more with the mainstream community, whether it's at work, at school, uh, education places, uh, all parts of work, neighbors, uh, societies, groups, which is working, civic societies, civic societies faith, etc., that is something which we need now more than any time before. SubhanAllah. And, and in all this politicking and so on and so forth, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, this is really Ramadan. And of course, we know we have higher purpose in life. 
and we have uh, uh, you know live in this life as as though we were travelers we know things come and go in cycles etc yeah. and we take comfort in that inshallah yeah? inshallah and uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will will uh, will help us if we help ourselves because we just don't stay this way. Indeed. But we have to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not ask us to be separate from the rest of the world. In fact, we should be, we are what we call witnesses. Witness to what happened. Okay. Witness meaning that we are part of it and responsible for it as, as much as anyone else. Jazakallah khairak salah. Well, that brings an end to the, uh, the, the great European, European referendum debate. Uh, Jazakallah khair for listening for the last few hours. Uh, we felt it was important to have a, this a, a emergency program to give that sense and feeling what's happening out there. Uh, uh, so all it remains to say is Jazakallah khair for listening. And if anything else, just keep calm. Sorry, stay calm and keep praying. Assalamu alaikum. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.